0: As people operate in their motivation code, they are more likely to experience flow in the course of their day.
1: I'd like to welcome Todd Henry once again to the Productivities Podcast. Todd, thanks for joining me today.
0: Mike, always a pleasure. Thanks for having me back.
1: So, Right now, I'm looking at uh, the electronic copy of The Motivation Code, Discover the Hidden Forces That Drive Your Best Work, which you did not write entirely on your own, correct?
0: That Well, that is correct, yeah. So I this book was written in collaboration with three other people, but really, um, it's the result of the work of dozens of people over the course of about 50 years. Into what it is that really drives us. The work originated with uh, Arthur Miller Jr. back in the 1960s. He began interviewing and researching people from all walks of life, top executives of companies, you know, um, clergy, you know, basically, um, you name it, you know, they, they sort of would profile people and, and really try to figure out what is it about moments of achievement that made those moments so significant, so meaningful, you know, what was really deeply engaging and fulfilling about those moments. And over the course of several decades, compiled over a million achievement stories, Interviews with over 100,000 people and what my colleagues and I were able to do, uh, and I was brought into this work in 2016, actually, so I've been working on this for about four years. Some of my colleagues have been working on it for decades now is figure out that there are 27 unique ways that people talk about what fulfills them or what gratifies them. And we call those the 27 themes of motivation. And they live within six families. So uh, primarily, what we've been able to do is identify the, the main ways that people are driven to do what they do, whether that's a positive thing or a negative thing, because every motivation has positive attributes and also a shadow side and help people not only understand that, but then understand what they need to do about that in terms of how they bring themselves to their work each day.
1: So before we get into the, the, the crux of, you know, the motivation code and, and I actually took, uh, the M code assessment. So we're going to talk a, a little bit about that as well. I want to know what drove you to write this book, to pursue this as your net, because you've written many books and we've, uh, of course we'll link to, to, all the times you've appeared on the podcast and all the books you've had out there, but what drove you to, dry, to write this book?
0: Yeah, so this is, uh, and by the way, <laughs> the, the first question that people ask every interview and they always intended it as a joke is what motivated you to write this book? <laughs> and I, I always just dive into the answer. and They're like, that was supposed to be a joke. Like, I know. <laughs> um, but so I wasn't intending actually to write about motivation. It wasn't something that was even on my radar about four years ago. Uh, A friend of mine, Rod Penner, who's one of the co-authors on the book, um, emailed me out of the blue and he said, hey, I'd like for you to take this motivation assessment that I and a team of people have been working on. And, you know, I don't know about you, Mike, but when I hear assessment, my eyes kind of roll to the back of my head because yeah. you know, I've taken a million assessments and the last thing I need is another set of letters to attach to my name. Um, or, you know, hey, I always think like those Vanity Fair, like Harry Potter quizzes, like which house of Harry Potter are you kind of thing. Yeah, the BuzzFeed um,
1: Facebook quizzes that show up that are there just to show you how, you know, what Disney princess you might be. Right, ex- exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, and
0: so that's how we chose, Mike, to go with the Disney princess theme. For of course. M- no, okay. good. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so, um, you know, I took the assessment and frankly, it completely blew me away. I saw in front of me an explanation for all of the ways in my life in which I had succeeded. I had failed Areas of conflict in my life that I'd always, you know, sort of wondered why, why is it I could never get along with that person? Well, I I began to understand why that was the case. It's because we were differently motivated. We were getting our motivation in different places. Um, I started to see why certain tasks I'll stay up till two in the morning, five nights in a row to accomplish, but other tasks like that take me five minutes, it'll take me a week and a half to get around to, you know. Um, I really, it just illuminated so much about these themes that were present in my life that I'd always suspected and I'd always noticed, but I didn't really have language to describe them. And so after I took the assessment, after I walked through my results with Rod, um, I knew I had to help get this out into the world in some way, but there was a problem. And that problem was that I had just signed a book deal for my fourth book, which was called Herding Tigers, uh, which is about leading creative people. And so I had to write, finish that book, and released that book in 2018 and then i began work in earnest on this so i've been working on it in the background for about four years but really began working on this book in earnest in 2018 and uh, so I spent the last couple of years writing it and again just compiling this 50 years of research into something that could articulate this incredibly valuable tool and serve as a companion to the mcode assessment and so here we are now the motivation code is out in the world
1: Let's talk about the motivational themes because you said there's there's a, a, a number of them. And I want to, I mean, the book goes through them. And, uh, you know, much like, you know, anyone who's probably read or, or studied books that have assessments in them, you get the, you know, like, here's what you can do to nurture it. Here's what you can do. to Like, let's talk about those those themes, the families, essentially. And then I want to get into, you gave me the, the assessment to take and we'll start to, you know, case study the heck out of me a little bit.
0: Yes. Yeah. I will give everybody the the code to unlocking Mike Vardy. (laughs) Um, So there are all of the, I mentioned there are 27 themes, but those themes hold together in what we call families. So there are six families of themes. And even though the real value lives at the theme level, because that's where the rubber meets the road in terms of the kinds of behaviors you're likely to exhibit, the kinds of shadow side attributes you're likely to experience um, just like you know maybe you have um, maybe if you have a biological sibling, you have some similarities with that biological sibling because you share DNA. you still are very different people and that's kind of how these families are too. These themes share some DNA, but they're still very different in application. So I'll just kind of go over the themes by family mm-hmm. and just kind of describe what those families are and then we can talk specifically about your uh, Mcode results. But the first family is the achiever family. And the Achiever family is driven by moving forward, by persevering, by completing challenging objectives. So these are themes like meet the challenge, overcome, bring to completion, and advance. The second family is what we call the team player family. And this is a family that chooses um, to pay close attention to other people. They love being in group context. They want to be involved with and contribute to groups. Uh, they want to take care of people, they want to meet expectations, they want to influence behavior, these kinds of things. And so the the themes in this family are influence behavior, make the grade, serve, and collaborate. The third family is what we call the visionary family, and as you can imagine, these are people who are motivated to make an impact according to what's possible or what's ideal. So they craft a vision that represents what could be, and then they strive to bring that vision to concrete expression. So these are things like experience the ideal achieve potential, and make an impact. The fourth family is what we call the optimizer family. So again, as you can imagine, uh, these are people who are motivated to set up an operation and make sure that it's optimized. They want to make sure systems function well. They want to fix problems. They want to make improvements. So the themes in this family are make it work, organize, improve, establish, develop, and make it right. And then the fifth family is the key contributor family. And these are people who want to be close to the center of the action. It's really important for them to be, you know, in the words of Hamilton, right? In the room where it happens Uh is kind of where they want to be. So these are people who are driven to excel, to gain ownership, to be central, to bring control, to evoke recognition, or to be unique. And then the final family is what we call the learner family, these are people who are motivated to explore, uh, learn new things, gain mastery, demonstrate their knowledge. So the themes in this family are demonstrate new learning, explore, master, and comprehend and express. So that's kind of just a very, very quick overview of the families and the themes within those families.
1: So as I was going through the book and I'm, I'm looking at all of these, these themes, I'm like all of these sound great. I'd love to have all of these. These, you know, and, and then when I did the M code assessment, my top motivations, and you, you, I shared this with you, um, after going through, through the assessment. And it was interesting because when I looked at, and, and when you do the assessment, uh, you get to see like what your answers look like compared to, you know, you get to see what the profile looks like. And there was a lot of, you know, really close things, which made me, you know, happy that, okay, all of these things seem to matter, but my top motivations, uh, according to the assessment were influence behavior, then meet the challenge, then overcome, then bring to completion and then Mm -hmm. make the grade. And Mm -hmm. so as I went through this and just before we hopped on the call, I said, so I think then that my, you know, the family I belong to because of the fact that meet the challenge, overcome and bring to completion are, are, you know, in the, they're bookended by these other two is I think that I'm an achiever in the achiever family with then the, you know, the, the team player family as a close second kind of like, you know, I guess the Enneagram, you know, where you're trying to, you know, the Enneagrams one where you're like, Oh, I have all of these. So therefore I'm probably this with like a, this wing and and stuff like that, but it's, that's not how it works. Right.
0: Yeah. So that, and I, I was sort of cautioning you before we started recording that really you can't really group yourself by family because, um, the the theme level is where all of the unique personality characteristics come out. Um, even though the families hold together the themes within those families hold together because they share some DNA you can't really say oh well I'm a, you know I'm a team player mm-hmm. because you know make the grade is very different from collaborate in terms of how they play out you know and how they influence your behavior So it's important that you don't, think of yourself in terms of a family necessarily but that you think of yourself in terms of your top three to five motivations and so as i'm looking at your profile right now (laughs) as i'm looking at your profile right now um you know you have really you have four themes that kind of stand apart and then you have kind of a second tier where you have several themes that kind of are all in the same category and then it starts to fall off after that but what's really interesting is you know, your top theme by far is influence behavior. Influence behavior, uh, that theme specifically means that you want to see that other people's minds and their behavior is being changed by the work that you do. And by the way, this is also one of my top three motivations. It's not surprising that we both podcast. It's mm-hmm. not surprising that we both speak, that we both teach, right? That we right. both write. Because that's a great way to get your ideas into the world and the way that it will influence others' behavior. And so I tell people all the time, I hate writing. I hate the process of writing, but I love the outcome of writing. And what I mean by that is, I, and I didn't have words for this before, but what I mean by that is, I love the impact I have, which is my number one, make an impact And that I influence other people's behavior on the other side of it, which is my number three, right? Motivation. I love those two things. And so going through the pain of writing is worth it for me in order to accomplish those things. So for you, influence behavior is by far your top, which means you uh, like to bring about positive change in other people. You probably read people pretty well. You're probably able to sit down with someone and kind of size them up and see whether you're making an impact on them. Um, You're probably not one of those people who just, you know, is very like lacks social grace, right? You could probably yeah. like my wife always says about me, again, this is one of my top three. I could drop you into any situation and you can carry on a meaningful conversation. And the reason is, it's not because I'm gifted at that. It's because the person who's motivated to influence behavior will adapt to influence the mind or the behavior of whoever they're in a conversation with. Right. And so even as an introvert, I can drop into a situation and I can begin to influence somebody else's behavior. Now, there are shadow sides to this motivation, you know this influence behavior motivation, one of them being often you're overly concerned with external feedback. Meaning that if you're talking, like let's say you're giving a speech, because you and I both give speeches, and you see somebody sitting in the very first row with their arms crossed with a frown on their face, and they're just staring you down, like, I do not want to be here right now. There could be 200 other people or 2,000 other people in the room, and they're all laughing and smiling and having a great time. But you're going to be fixated on that one person in the front row with their arms crossed and the frown. Is that true or is that false?
1: Absolutely true. I mean, I've seen that before. I'll actually pick them out and isolate them. Like you know, I will I will you know, look at them if I'm say I'm doing a a talk and and uh, I have a question, I'll I'll actually go after them. Even though I know that they are not necessarily receiving it as well as some of the others, I will purposely go after them.
0: Absolutely. And so, and, and frankly, it's the same for me and and, and that was a real detriment to me a real negative to me and would often ruin an otherwise good speaking engagement or some other kind of meeting i was having until i began to realize that that was what was going on so what happens is we become the shadow side of this is we become overly concerned with that one person because we so desperately want to influence their behavior we want to see them nodding and smiling and we want to see we're getting through if if, like i've had a couple of speaking engagements where I left the engagement thinking that was a miserable failure because nobody was responding. Nobody was nodding. Nobody was laughing. It was just everybody's kind of staring at me. And then out in the hallway, the organizer came up and said, that was the most engaged I've ever seen that crowd, right? Because it was like, you know, a, a group of attorneys or financial sector people who just don't, they just don't. They're not emotive, right? Right. right um, and the right. uh, organizers like that was incredible. We want to have you back next year. And they were so engaged. I'm like, really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, but but I thought it was a failure because I'm looking to see if I'm influencing behavior. Sometimes my wife accuses me of saying the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over. And over because and, and she'll say that. And I'm like, yeah, because I'm waiting to see you nod. I'm waiting to see that I'm sinking yep. in right what I do I'm the saying same thing i will
1: say things like, are you okay? Are you okay? like too many times well, well now I'm not okay, Mike like because my <laughs> I want to make sure that I'm'm I'm, whatever I can do, I can help her be quote okay. And if if I sense that it's not, then that's me going that's one of the things that that I, I get caught in that trap.
0: For sure. Right. Absolutely. So one of the things that we have to keep an eye on with regard to influence behavior, since that is your top motivation, is just are your emotions being swayed to and fro by how other people are responding to your work? And there's nothing wrong with wanting to influence people and to have them um, in some way changed by what you do. But you also have to maintain some degree of objectivity and not be too overly swayed by what's going on in their world and how they're responding to what you do. That's where you get your motivational energy, and that's great. And you're actually in the perfect role for that. But you also need to make sure that you're not letting that uh, have an undue
1: effect on your engagement. Managing passwords can be a real headache, right? Think about it. Every website requires a new password. Each one needs to be unique, secure, secure. Here's the best part. My listeners can try one password for free for two weeks. Right now, get your free trial at onepassword.com/productiveconvo. Secure your passwords and simplify your online security with one password. Starting an online business or expanding your physical storefront online has never been easier thanks to Shopify. This global commerce platform supports you at every stage of your business journey. From launching your online shop to managing a million orders, Shopify is there to simplify and accelerate your growth. It's not just about selling products, as so Shopify helps you manage every aspect of your business with their all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. But that's not all. Shopify helps you convert visitors into customers with the best converting checkout process on the internet, which performs up to 36% better than other platforms. And now, a special offer for my listeners. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash timecrafting, all lowercase. Whether you're just starting out or looking to scale up, Shopify is the perfect partner for your business. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make, or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family that's why i do it and that's why plan to eat helps me do it The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. All right, we're going to take a break from the conversation now to talk about the sponsors of this episode of the program. One of the things i like to take pride in is that the work that I do both here on the podcast, but also elsewhere through my writing and coaching and Courses and all that stuff is that I try to make productivity easier for people. I try to make it simpler and I try to help cultivate certainty in a world that's full of uncertainty. But sometimes that's not enough, even for me. I can tell you that anxiety takes hold from time to time. And I have been using uh, the sponsor of this episode to help me through those times on an ongoing basis. And we're talking about better help. So What interferes with your ability to stay productive, to be happy? Is there something that's preventing you from achieving your goals? Do you feel overwhelmed like I do from time to time and you've tried a whole bunch of different things, but nothing seems to click? Well, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, just like they did for me. You get to connect in a safe and private online environment. It's really, really convenient. And you can start communicating with your Professional therapist, your licensed professional therapist, that is, in under 24 hours. I was able to do that with the first therapist I worked with. But the other great thing is that I was able to switch to a new counselor when things just weren't working out with the other therapist. I mean, BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great matches, they will match you up and they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. I want you to be fully understanding of this, that this is not self-help. This is professional counseling. And the great thing about the platform is that you can get timely and thoughtful responses to messages that you can send to your counselor at any time. Plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. I've done both of those and they are fantastic. Plus I don't have to worry about sitting in a a waiting room with a bunch of different people. That, That might be uncomfortable or awkward and it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling uh, when you can even go to that and financial aid is is available now this service is available for clients worldwide you know i'm in canada so i can have access to it just like you can if you're in the united states or or anywhere Um, You know, it's available worldwide. And there's a broad range of expertise available. And that may not be locally available in your area. So that's worth keeping in mind as well. In fact, there are licensed professional counselors who are specialized in things like depression, anxiety, which I alluded to already, relationships, trauma, grief, family conflicts, stress, all of those things and more. And remember, anything that you share with your BetterHelp counselor is is confidential. And, And I have to say that the convenience and the affordability and the professionalism that I've received through using BetterHelp is top notch. This is not a crisis line. I want to keep you to know this too. But I will say that I have received massive benefits from using BetterHelp. So many other people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So I want you to benefit from BetterHelp as well. I want you to start living a happier life today. Because happiness can help with productivity. So as a listener of the Productivityist Podcast, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com/slash timecrafting. Join over one million people, myself included, taking charge of their mental health. Visit BetterHelp, that's H E L P dot com slash timecrafting. Do it today. 2020 has been a year that has been filled with more uncertainty than I can even remember. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to plan the months ahead. And that's why I'm glad that I have the now year wall calendar to do that. It's something that I've developed in conjunction with Jesse Phillips and his team at New Year, N-E-U, as in the French New Year. I guess I gravitated towards that because I'm Canadian and, you know, Canada's got both French and English speaking people. But I digress. The fact is, I enjoy the planning process and I like looking ahead and having plans that I can set in motion. I believe it was um, Eisenhower that said, when going into battle, I find planning to be useful, but plans useless. And I can say that 2020 probably has been a great example of that. But when you go into your days, your weeks, your months without a plan, then you really don't have a direction that you're going to set yourself off in. And that's what the Now Your Wall Calendar has done for me. It's It's a wall calendar that you can get in either tall or wide format. And it contains... Many of the elements that are part of my time crafting productivity, methodology, and philosophy. There's the ability to put down your annual axiom, which is your your yearly motto or the thing you're going to espouse to live up to over the course of the year. You can put in your monthly themes, your daily themes. There's even a tracker in the bottom corner of each day that we've now divided so you can track two things if you want. Let's say you've got a personal theme for the month and a professional one Well, you can track how you're doing with those every single day of the year. I want you to experience the ability to plan your year and see it in front of you every single day. So I want you to take advantage of grabbing this wall calendar that's just come out because, let's face it, 2020 is coming to a close and you're going to want to set yourself up for the year ahead. So I want you to visit productivityist.com slash new year. That's N E U. Y E A R, and order yourself the Now Year Wall Calendar today. Again, I am a big fan of what New Year's put together. That's why I partnered up with them. Once again, we've been doing this for a number of years. We've done a a bit of a redesign this year, but I'm really, really excited for what the Now Your Wall calendar is going to do for me and what it can do for you. So again, visit productivityist.com slash new year. That's N-E-U-Y-E-A-R. That's in the show notes, of course, as well. And order your Now Your Wall calendar in either tall format so you can put it on your door or wide format so you can put it on your wall today. If you've looked at the show notes of the podcast over the past many episodes and you've subscribed to the podcast, which I, I hope you do, you'll notice that there's a link to my course called 30 Days of Time Crafting. And it's the entry level or activating course or activating program that I do with people at Productivityist. The great thing about that program is that if you take it over a 30 day period, the fundamentals and elements of my time crafting methodology will start to take hold. And the other great thing about that program is it's only $5. So over the course of 30 days through this program, you'll learn about the annual axiom, which I just talked about when I was talking about the Now Your Wall Calendar, monthly themes, as well as other forms of time theming. You'll learn about mode-based work. You'll learn about the power of journaling for your productivity. You'll learn about all of that at your own pace over a 30-day period. It's an email course, but it also has resources and materials that you'll have access to forever. It's only $5. In fact, I call it the $5 guarantee. I I kind of fell along the lines of the movie The Legend of Bagger Vance when I did this and saw that the Will Smith character who played Bagger Vance was trying to help the Matt Damon character who's playing Juna uh, with his swing help him win a golf tournament. All he asked for is $5 for his caddying services. So I'd like to think that this is me being a caddy to you in your quest for uh, getting better and finding your productivity swing. So I encourage you to check out the 30 days of time crafting program. Again, it's only $5. There's a link in the show notes. Check it out. It's 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 such a great way to finish 2020 off strong or start the year you want any anytime you want. So I want you to check it out. 30 days of time crafting. You can find the link in the show notes, but, or you could just go to productivityist.com $5. That's five spelled out and then dollars and sign up for this fundamentals of my time crafting methodology and philosophy. You can do that today. So again, visit productivityist.com $5 and sign up for the 30 days of time crafting course today. And now let's get back to my conversation with Todd Henry here on the Productivityist podcast. I think that a lot of people when it comes to, you know, profiling and assessments is they get the score and then, okay, that's it. I know where I'm at. This is the area I need to focus on. But the way that the motivation code is, is structured is it won't, won't just serve me to look at, okay, this is the one family. Like I need to look at this. Like it's really important, I think. And I, and I think this goes for most assessments and most, um, you know, kind of uh, these person- I'm not going to say personality test, but you know what I'm getting at? Like most people figure that when they, and I'm again, being general here, but I find that, okay, I'm, you know, I'm Myers-Briggs. This is what I am. So therefore that's it. Like, I think going deeper is really what you need to do. And I know the assessment does that, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and really what we have to do is we have to look at how these motivations move together. Okay. So somebody with your top, motivation, influence, behavior, who has a second motivation, your your second motivation is meet the challenge, which we can go into if you want. But somebody who has that second motivation is going to have a different way of approaching their life and work in a different kind of way of in feeling engaged than somebody whose number two motivation is, say, serve right. or something like that or collaborate. See, right? for me, so, see,
1: for me so, I think that looking at that immediately, I'm like, oh, my goodness, I really have to work hard against the shadow side of influence behavior, because the second thing is meet the challenge, which means I'm always going to try to make that happen, right? Like if that's the challenge so they kinda can combat each other a little bit. Would that be
0: Absolutely. Yeah. No no question. And and you know, somebody with Meet the Challenge also can sometimes get overly committed because uh, if somebody like this is, by the way, this is my number two, yeah. uh, motivation. If somebody comes to me and says, Hey Todd, um, I don't know if this is possible, but like I'm already in, yeah. like, I, don't yeah. care. I don't care what follows the, but <laughs> like you already said, you already threw down the gauntlet. Like, I don't know if it's possible. Yes, it's possible. What is it? What do you want me to do? Um, but I can become overcommitted because yep. of that, Same. because Same. I'm always looking for a challenge, to tackle. And that can become a form of procrastination or distraction as well. You know, if I'm working on something really important that doesn't feel challenging to me in the moment, I'll look for something else that is challenging that I can do, whether that's, you know, building out a website or, you know, developing some kind of process or something that like feels challenging in the moment, because that gives me that surge of motivational energy, even though what I really need to be doing is focusing on this other thing. that's not really challenging, but is critically important for me to do right now.
1: But it's that interrelatability that you were talking about, right? Where it's just – you just can't look at this and go, okay, well, this is what I am. So this – like the relationships is what we're talking about, Right.
0: Absolutely. No question. So your observation about the influence behavior and meet the challenge connection or how they, they modify one another. And that's the thing, These your top themes modify one another. So they exist as a unit. That's why we call it your motivation code is your top three to five themes is your motivation code. So you're going to see these playing out in different ways. And sometimes one motivation will take the lead and sometimes others will take the lead. Uh, we also have, and, and I didn't go into this in the book, it's probably going to be in the next book that we're writing about this related to collaboration teams. But typically what you'll find in most people is that there's a trigger motivation, there's a process motivation, and there's an outcome motivation, meaning that there's something that initially triggers your engagement or captures your attention and triggers you to get involved. Mm -hmm. There's something that is motivating you as a, a means of process. And then there's typically something that is an outcome that you're trying to achieve. So for example, um, for you, I mean, I'm just going to guess that influence behavior is your outcome motivation. That's the thing you're trying to achieve in the end. Um, and so you're constantly navigating toward that pole. And as I'm just kind of looking at your themes here, um, you, know, I would say probably meet the challenge and overcome could be process or could be trigger motivations, meaning um if somebody comes to you and throws down the gauntlet, like you're in or overcome as somebody who's working against an enemy, they want to work against the odds. If somebody, you know, it's like almost like somebody walking around with the chip on their shoulder. This is like the Rudy syndrome where it's like, I am too going to get into Notre Dame and I'm going to play on the football team, and I, you know, like love underdogs, that kind of thing. So the Bengals
1: um, basically our mutual love for the Bengals. Would that be
0: <laughs> our mutual love for the Cincinnati Bengals? Exactly. <laughs> Why would anybody in their right mind continue to root for the Bengals? Well, it's because we are motivated by overcome. Both of us are, right? Uh, it's so weird how many of these are similar for us because that's not been the case with most people that I've that I've done this with. But um, yeah, you know, the problem though is we get triggered by that overcome instinct, and sometimes when that's not there, we can look for an enemy where there is no enemy, or we can we can create an enemy where there isn't any need for one you know and so or be strongly competitive like i have to win every argument i can't lose an argument you know that that's something that can sometimes Uh, be a problem for us. Um, And so, you know, I would suspect based on what I'm looking and we would need to do a lot more conversation to really figure this out. But I would guess that probably overcome meet the challenge, trigger your initial engagement, Mm -hmm. and then influence behavior is your outcome. And then your number four is your process, which is bring to completion and bring to completion is about being focused and purposeful and moving projects along, um, you know, trying to get things done, checking things off, being annoyed when there are interruptions. Like I've got something I'm doing, stop, stop interrupting me. Right. Um, you know, sometimes unable to relax, which is a shadow side until you get something done. Like if something's undone, it, bothers the heck out of you until you complete it. It's sort of always nagging you. Is that the case? or Absolutely. And
1: that's one of the reasons. And I think this is an interesting point to bring up. It's one of the reasons that I craft my time in a way to have like themes and things like that. So I can structure something around to support this, that kind of, that kind of behavior, right. And, and make it so that when that time is up or that theme is, is completed, I know that there's another chance for it to happen later. So I don't get as aggravated.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, you've, and it's funny because I was talking with another podcaster about this. Like he had already started structuring some mechanisms in his life to deal with the dynamics of what we're talking about in Without his Code report. And with, it sounds like them. you've done the same thing. You've noticed this going on. Yeah. Maybe you just didn't have language to describe it. But now that you know what it is, yeah. oh, this is my bring to completion motivation. That's my process motivation. I need to create time for that in order for me to feel engaged. You know, one, one of the things we've discovered, Mike, is that um, when people are operating within their motivation code, when they're bringing A knowledge of this motivation and they're activating these motivations and what they do every day when they go go when they go through their day considering. How can I influence behavior today, how can I create challenges in my world today that are going to that are going to deeply engage me right, how can I. uh, What forces am I working against today when they come into their work with a knowledge of that they tend to have a higher degree of experiencing flow. In their life and we all know Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi Mm -hmm. uh, introduced the concept of flow the sense of being lost in your work doing something that's challenging but not too challenging there are all these qualifications for flow but what we've discovered is as people operate in their motivation code and activate these core motivations, they are more likely to experience flow in the course of their day. So once we understand what these things are, we can bring them to what we do instead of just waiting for our work to motivate us, which is kind of a fool's errand.
1: Now here I've got a couple more questions before we wrap up because I think that these the lower tiers, because when I'm looking at the 27 themes and I'm looking at my report right now, um they're they're scaled, right? There's top, middle, bottom. Number first question is do these can these things and do they do these these uh, your, does your motivation, motivation code change over time and do things, can it, does it radically shift if it does, or is it generally like, does that, is it stay fairly static?
0: So that's a great question. And our research indicates, and we've actually had people take this over the course of uh, significant periods of time. And generally speaking, there's a little bit of shifting usually in the top tier where maybe one motivation that was like number two last time is number one now, especially if they were close before. Uh, depending on circumstances. But what we've discovered is that generally speaking, they stay pretty much in the same uh, place, or at least in the same tier, uh, your motivations do. So it's enduring throughout over long periods of time. Also, it's applicable to multiple circumstances. So people take the assessment and we typically ask you to share three stories. And then we ask a bunch of questions about those achievement stories. And, you know, some people share a personal story and then a business success, and then maybe like a relational experience or something like that. And what's interesting is that these motivations apply across all of those circumstances. You would think like I'm differently motivated at home than I am in my work or, you know, in other areas of my life. But generally we found that these same motivations play out in any area of your life you know it doesn't change depending on what function you're serving so the other thing i will point out is you know, you mentioned the lower themes just because those themes rank low on your ranking of the 27 themes doesn't mean you don't experience those so i'm looking right now at your bottom themes like be unique, master, evoke recognition. That's not to say that you don't enjoy it when somebody recognizes your work, like the evoke recognition theme. It just means that's not the primary thing that's driving engagement for you, right? right? So You might still enjoy when somebody says, Mike, that was awesome. I just wanna call you out right now publicly for this thing that you did. But for some people that I encounter, that is like the, that's the main thing. That's their outcome motivation that they're doing everything they do in order to be, because really what drives them is being recognized for the work that they're doing in some way. And that doesn't mean they have to be celebrated and that there's a parade thrown in their honor. It just means they want somebody that matters to them to point out to them how much their work matters to the organization or whatever. So that's low on yours. It's actually pretty low on mine as well. But for a lot of people, that's really high. Or even be unique, which is your low one of is low for you as well. For some people, it's important that other people see them as distinct from others, that they are in some way unique, that they're putting their own unique stamp out there, that they're different from the rest, that they don't just go along with the herd. Like it's important. That's one of their motivating factors is that they are seen as unique and distinct from other people. Again, also not very high on my list of motivations. For some people, that's like their number one is mm-hmm. I have to do it the way I want to do it and show that I can do it uniquely from everybody else. That's what they want to do. And so if you give them an idea, they won't go with it because it's not theirs. Even if it's a good idea, they won't go with it because it's, you know, it's somebody else's idea. So you still experience those things. It's just that maybe they're not really driving your behavior and engagement in the same way.
1: Well, and I think that's important. That was actually leading into my next question, which was, can someone like force it and it doesn't look it doesn't i mean from the sounds of it that's not possible like there are some people especially if i've got like meet the challenge and overcome like wait a minute i think bring control should drive me more so i'm gonna do everything i can to make that which is not not the best way so i guess my question there is can you force it and it doesn't sound like that's something that you can do
0: no no i mean i don't think that you would really want to I think some people think there are good themes and bad themes. I had an email this morning from someone who had taken the assessment and they said, uh, what if I don't like the results? What <laughs> if I don't like my top theme? And I'm like, well, it, you know, I mean, you may not like your biological family either, but they're still your family. Yeah. <laughs> like you can't, you don't get to choose that. And in some ways, like, listen, every one of these themes, all of these 27 themes are a gift. First of all, they have amazing qualities It's not just your top theme, it's your top three to five that are really influencing your engagement. And also, why would you want to work against how you're wired and who you are instead recognize there are people at the top of any industry you can think of who are motivated by any one of these themes or people doing any kind of work you can imagine who find deep engagement because they're motivated by any one of these themes it's not about the themes themselves it's about how you understand and bring those themes to what you do every day and once you do that you bring motivational energy to your work instead of waiting for your tasks to motivate you and it completely changes the calculus
1: final question how important or, or crucial is it for somebody to do this kind of deep work to get to kind of figure themselves out and figure out what drives them in, in over the long term? Like, what are the long term benefits of this? Because I know, you know, some people, they do these kind of tests and then they they do them because they're the thing to do or they've heard they want to know what their number is or they want to know what their score is. But but I mean, after going through this with you and looking at this and also, you know, reading through the book, they're there are some long-term benefits. I want you to kind of touch on those before we wrap up because taking the time to do something like this can really matter.
0: Well, it really does. I mean, it's like the difference between, you know, owning Microsoft, like, you know, some people who own Microsoft Excel and Basically, and like me, for example, like I can create a spreadsheet and do like some basic formulas, you know, and kind of do, but then you have people who are like doing macros and do it. Like I see people who do things with Microsoft Excel and I'm like, Microsoft Excel doesn't do that. This and they're is like, exactly what are you talking about? about it. Like, and they're creating yeah. these unbelievable <laughs> masterpieces of yep. spreadsheets, right? Doing all this yep. incredible stuff. And, you know, it's like the difference between that and my skills. I'm still using Microsoft Excel. It's just that I don't understand the full potential of the software because I haven't gone in and really understood the dynamics that are possible beneath the surface. And I would argue that understanding the themes that are driving you allow you to pull out potential in yourself and in your environment in ways that you will never be able to, to access if you don't understand these themes. Can you still live a good life? Of course, but if you can understand why you have certain areas of conflict with other people in your life, right? Because, oh, I'm trying to do this thing. And like you said, with your wife, like you ask all the time, like, you know, are you okay? Are you okay? Well, now you understand where that's coming from, right? And and if your wife understands that's what's going on with you, and you understand what's going on with her, It completely changes how you talk about those things when they happen oh you're trying to influence behavior right now i get that right you're like you're not I, i need to give you more nods and smiles and acknowledge that you're talking to me it changes your relationships, especially in the workplace. You know, if you've got people who are differently motivated, somebody driven to bring to completion and somebody else driven to explore, the person driven to bring to completion is going to absolutely go crazy when the explore person's asking questions and saying, why are we doing this? And what if we try that? And let's go over here. Before you would have said, I just don't get along with that person. But now you can say, oh, I get it. I get what's going on. We're differently motivated. You're trying to get your energy from asking questions and exploring. And I'm trying to get my energy from let's just get it done and move on. There's a conversation that can be had now, because we have to find a balance between how we're both motivated, versus just saying, I don't get along with that person, or that person's just a difficult person. So it it completely changes the way that you approach life, work, relationships, tasks, everything in your life, once you begin to understand this, do you have to understand it? No, of course not. No, you can live a life. I mean, people for centuries have lived life without understanding these things. But does it improve the quality of your life significantly? Absolutely. No question about it.
1: The new book is called The Motivation Code. Discover the hidden forces that drive your best work. Todd, thanks for taking the time to join me today. Where can people get more information on this, pick up the book, and start to dive deeper into The Motivation Code?
0: Well, the book's available anywhere books are sold. Uh, You can learn more at motivationcode.com. And you can also learn more about me and my work at toddhenry.com.
1: Thanks again for joining me today once again on the Productivity Podcast.
0: Thanks, Mike.